You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice Podcast. This is episode 115, Staying Curious with Shannon Brooks. My name is Jillian Faldmo, and I teach wellness practitioners the exact steps to find clients and get paid so they can spend less time marketing and more time doing what they love. This is the Grow a Thriving Practice Podcast. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I am just tickled to bring you our special guest today, Shannon Brooks of TuneMyBioField.com out of Austin, Texas. Shannon offers in-person and remote biofield tuning sessions. Um, and she comes with a wealth of knowledge around psychology. She has a background in psychology. Um, and she's also a biofield tuning instructor. I don't know if I already said that. I might have, but I'm emphasizing it now. She's just she just has so much to offer us. So um, you may recognize Shannon's name if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. I had her on the show a few years ago, it might have been like three years ago now, um, episode four. And we're on episode 115 now. Oh, wow. That's great. Isn't that great? That's super. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So Shannon, at during that episode, we were talking about how to guide clients through deep emotions. So that's definitely a gem if you haven't listened to that one. Um, whether you're a biofield tuning practitioner or any kind of wellness practitioner, um, that information can be super useful for your practice. So Shannon, how's it going? Good. Good. It's great to see you. Yeah, you too. I know we haven't even connected in a long time. It's been a little while. Yeah. yeah. How's Texas? While. Um, Texas is great. Is it warm there right now? Um, you know, today is very sunny. We're getting ready for a huge cold snap. Um, but, um, you know, so it's, it's variable, but yeah, Texas is good. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. We're blizzarding out right now. So in central Oregon. Yeah, that's it's right. great though, because we haven't had snow in forever. So it's good. So that'll be, that'll be nice if you don't get hit too hard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So Shannon, tell us a little bit about your background and, um, just experiences that led you to the work that you do right now and, um, where you're at in your practice today. Great. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I, I, um, I was a, a licensed therapist, um, psychotherapist for fi about 15 years. Um, Can I just ask, sorry, I'm already going to interrupt. Yeah. What let, what even led you to do it, wanting to do psychotherapy? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Well, so I, yeah, I kind of started my own sort of, you know, healing and recovery journey as a young woman. I mean, I, I, you know, by the time I was around, I guess about 25, um, I definitely knew that, um, I needed to do some remodeling, <laughs> um, on, uh, and so, you know, started going to therapy myself and 12 step programs and, um, all of that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, just really a few years into it, I, you know, I just sort of realized like, Oh, this is my, this is kind of my calling is, is you know working with people and self-development and human development and and that kind of stuff i was a um I was an english major in college and uh and a 
theater major for a while and a, <clears throat> you know, just a, that kind of liberal arts kind of perspective where, you know, you sort of get out and you're like, well, I still don't know what I want to be. But, um, but yeah, that it, that it seemed kind of the most obvious choice for me, you know, in working with people. And so I went and got a master's degree and, and, um, and then, yeah, started, started a practice at, right out of grad school, really, I, I started um, a private practice. So I've been, you know, having a private practice for, oh, boy, like more than 20 years now. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a long time. So yeah. Um, yeah. And so I really enjoyed the, the work as a psychotherapist, but you know, but also um, got a little burned out, you know, came to feel like, you know, there's got to be, there's got to be a better way or there's got to be something that is a little more direct as far as helping people to really make fundamental change the fundamental yeah. changes that they want did you just feel like you were kind of talking in circles in your therapy practice honestly what I what I felt I mean I I really loved it but I felt like it was it just takes a long time mm -hmm. just takes a long long time to, mm -hmm. to for, for a lot of people to be able to make change and I also felt like that some of the time I was helping people to sort of adapt to their circumstances, but we could never really get to like the thing itself. Mm -hmm. um, and what I love about biofield tuning is that it feels like we're working like with like on a very fundamental level, we're able to just use sound and encounter how things got laid down at the time the mm -hmm. tone and the, the emotion, the feeling, the information that's encoded there. So, um, you know, kind of long story short, but I mean, I, I, I went through a difficult time. You know, I went through a divorce. My father had a stroke, then he died, then my mom died. I mean, it was just this whole kind of cascade of events. I had health issues. I had chronic fatigue. I mean, you know, I went through a, a a difficult spot and I was in talk therapy but I really was it wasn't getting better mm -hmm. so I started searching right I started looking I'm like well I've got to look outside of this pretty traditional model that I was um that I was in and that I was you know dedicated to but I I, I thought I, I gotta I gotta look around so that's when I found you know energy medicine and started receiving sessions of all kinds and then started training in all everything I could kind of, you know, get my mind around. But then when I found biofield tuning, I felt like things really came together for me that that was the um, that was the sort of modality that made the most sense to me and that I'm, I'm, it's the it's just a great fit for me. And so now I've really transitioned all of my work to to biofield tuning, I bring my, you know, um, expertise experience and you know my background to my work as a tuner but um but yeah i'm not really doing the talk the talk therapy stuff so much anymore i'm really just doing tuning and have for i guess about going on about seven years i think yeah wow yeah yeah because you found it was so effective and um efficient in helping people with the things that they're struggling with huh yes yeah. yes it's very very efficient and, um, and, you know, I, I end up working quite a bit with birth trauma. So, 
you know, working out on that very outer edge of the field and working with people's ex birth experiences mm -hmm. um, is kind of a, I don't know, sort of a niche or something for me. I don't know, but I have a, I have an ear for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, how uh, would, how would you explain biofield tuning? Um, just, just kind of thinking about the people who are listening, who aren't familiar with it and maybe they're getting more familiar if they're continuing to listen to the podcast because mm -hmm. I just keep bringing people on that are talking about biofield tuning but mm -hmm. how would you describe biofield tuning in a nutshell yeah so I, I was actually I, I had to take an uber this morning uh somewhere and uh and I had a chatty uber driver and he asked me um what do you do <laughs> and so I said well I I'm a uh, a biofield tuning practitioner. He said, what's that? I said, well, it's therapeutic sound. He said, oh, I said, yeah. And I, I said, you know, I use tuning forks um, to basically re help reset people's nervous systems. Hmm. You know, I, I think at the kind of fundamental level, the biofield tuning helps to reset your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system so yeah. that you are you, it's like you, we all have this sort of baseline, right, of, you know, this is where I'm calm, right, and then I have these spikes or whatever, and then I come back, you know, to here, right, um, but re after receiving, for me anyway, after receiving, you know, a bit of tuning, it was like, oh, my baseline's down here now, like, I'm way calmer, mm -hmm. and then I have spikes that are more like that, I come right back down, or moderate, calm, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it helps to reset. That's what I think is it helps to reset people's nervous systems. And and we just use sound to work in the field around the body to encounter places in the field that are um, encoded with information. And we can sort of un untangle these sort of challenging recordings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that are in the field. It's just a challenging recording that's continuing to broadcast, <laughs> even if we're unaware of it. It's continuing to broadcast. So thinking about like birth experiences, I mean, gosh, people have been trying to get to that birth material in different ways, you know, for a long time, mm -hmm. and it's very, very hard to get to because it's so early. Obviously, it's so primitive, right? There's no, we don't have language. <clears throat> we most of us don't have memory of, of birth, but um, but boy, the tuning forks just pick pick it up like it's not even that subtle, <laughs> you know. It's just right there. So I've I've really enjoyed that, and I have I just have a bit of a feeling around I guess um, mothers and babies and birth and and that whole experience and and so I think I might be extra kind of um perceptive I guess around that stuff mm -hmm. and, and I don't know I think maybe people may be drawn to work with me or even unconsciously drawn to work with me because they've got some birth trauma so ah. I end up seeing you know a fair amount not everybody but um yeah can amount. you give us a couple examples of uh like a client birth trauma and how that affects them now? Mm -hmm, sure. So, um, I mean, I, I had, I worked with one woman who had had a, um, she was born in another country. I can't remember what country, it doesn't really matter, but 
she was born in another country where they had a, a practice of um, after the baby's born, you know, wrapping the baby in a something and just putting them kind of on a table alone. Hmm. Um, and <laughs> so she, this was her birth experience. Um, they sort of put them on a table and let them sort of cry and cry. And um, so it was very clear at the edge of her field, there was a, you know, a great deal of distress. Hmm. And when working there, I mean, she, while she was on the table, I mean, she, she would, she felt, um, uh, like she was having just, you know, struggling to breathe, you know, her breathing was tight and she felt, you know, kind she was talking, but she felt kind of hysterical, to be honest. I mean, she just felt panicky. So, and it, you know, I felt it too, as I was working there and anxiety and panic is one of the things that was kind of happening, had been happening in her life. Mm. And so she felt like it was helpful to go back and rework that early material. And I think it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. So her, her anxiety and panic is coming from that birth experience being like a reference point, right? Possibly. Yeah. 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 Or yes, a kind of a, a blueprint for, you know, and and beliefs get formed too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. There can be a belief that gets formed at that time, which is, um, you know, terrible things can happen uh, unexpected, or I'm going to be left alone. Or, you know, babies are hardwired for connection. Yeah. So when you take, you know, a newborn and set them aside like that, um, it can be pretty overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So what I always tell people is your birth experience is not all of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, but there can be these sort of echoes, right? Um, Sort of throughout our lives that if you go back to that birth experience, you can kind of, you can see the, the connection there or the echo or the um really honestly like even like metaphor you know mm-hmm. and the beliefs that can can get formed so so that that was one that was interesting because she had such a physical experience on the table it yeah. was just really clear to me i was like oh we've sort of opened up a file and it's encoded with information and some of that information is <gasps> you know, and she's sort of re-experiencing it in a, of course, in a mild way, not in the extreme that it was experienced probably at the time. Yeah. But um, in a manageable way so that then she could in the moment regulate her breathing, you know, and, and uh, calm herself as I'm using sound to kind of calm and untangle that spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So amazing. Mm hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you absolutely love um, and find fulfilling about the work that you do? Um, what I one of the things I love is that it's um, every single session is different. You, you just never know what you're going to get into. There's no. Um, and that I mean, that's this is almost seven years in, so. I'm still waiting, you know, to have a session that's just like another one. They're just not. Um, and so I like that about it, that I have to approach it, you know, every time, just with a kind of from a place of curiosity and um, and just sort of not knowing. Um, I, I also like that the work um, 
it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, there's no real, I don't have the sense of it being, um, you know, like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's that, that's as deep as it goes. Like, I don't know how deep it can go. Right. Yeah. Right. I find that, you know, interesting and stimulating. It's never, ever boring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So you mentioned curiosity, um, and, and embodying curiosity in your practice. Now let's kind of shift to the business side of things. How have you had to embrace curiosity in your business? Mm -hmm. Isn't that, isn't that a, I haven't thought about that question yet before, but I mean, if we think about it as energy healers or wellness practitioners, how you, how you practice and what you embody in your practice, you can absolutely apply to just your day to day. Um, so that's yeah, right. curious to hear about what you think about that. Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, so yeah, so I've had a, I've had a private practice of one kind or another for um, a long time. So yeah, to over 20 years, I guess. And so, you know, you can start to kind of feel like, you know, like, oh, it has to look like this. It has to be like this, you know? Um, uh, and and so, you know, lately, I, I guess, when did I, I made a change? I think over the summer, I made a, I made a change. <laughs> so, I mean, for a long time, I had my own office. And then I was, I would sublet, you know, cause I can't use all the hours, right? So um, I would sublet some hours usually to like a massage therapist. And that's worked for me as far as the biofield tuning uh, work that I've done. Um, that, that's a model that has worked really well for me. Like I find the office space that works for me, that I want, that's big enough, it has light, it has all the things I want. I rent it and then I bring in one or two body workers to kind of take some of those hours, right? And um, that's worked great. Mm. And then after COVID, something seemed to change and I could not find body workers. And I think maybe the pandemic, you know, shifted things for some people, right? Where maybe there's less people that are feeling like they want to take the risk of being entrepreneurial or there were, I mean, I don't know. And it was strange. And I kept looking and looking and months would go by and I've got this office that I'm paying, you know, for all of the time, mm -hmm. but not using. And it's quite expensive. And Austin's a very expensive place, you know. And it was a little bit far away from my house. And, you know, I was like, well, what am I doing? So then I went to, um, to Vermont to help teach the advanced methods course with Eileen and Marielle. And while up there, you know, I just had this epiphany that I needed to switch everything around with my mm. office. And I came home and like within 48 hours, I had, it was done. I didn't even think about it, it was crazy, uh, impulsive. Wow. And what I decided um, was that I'm spending all this time driving, I'm spending all of this money for all these hours I can't use. I'm clearly, clearly the universe is not sending me body workers or whatever, you know, this is not happening. And I had this idea that like, 
in order to be perceived as this a professional accomplished person that I need to have my own office and and all this stuff and I just decided I need to switch all of this around so that it works for me uh-huh. so I let go of the office uh, I found my friend who's an acupuncturist has a space that's three minutes from my house mm-hmm. nice. and so what I started doing is seeing clients in person after hours three nights a week and on Sundays uh-huh and 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 this is like a huge shift for me because I was trying to see people during the daytime mm-hmm. because I, I realized I had this kind of belief or unconscious kind of belief like, oh, if I if I only see people after hours, if I don't have my own office, it'll look like I haven't made it kind of mm-hmm. you know I'm saying. Yeah. And um, and I, I, I realized I was like, well, I don't care what people think. I'm going to do what makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just worked out great. So yeah, my new office is, is three and a half minutes from my house. Clients right. love it because that's when they want to come in anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And then I have the day more free for teaching, biofield tuning. And also I have my mornings for myself. Yeah. That's and my morning best. time, that's my best time. And I was giving that time away. Yeah. Right. Now I'm keeping that morning time for myself. If yeah. that makes sense. Oh yeah. I love that. I've, I've, uh, never really worked, started work later than 10 or 11. Um, cause I love my mornings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in, in terms of curiosity, yeah, I just sort of broke everything down. Um, you know, uh, the way that I had been thinking about it and just realized that I don't have to keep thinking like this. Yeah. I can think completely differently about it. And I'm sure at some point I'll have my own office again and I'll really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but right now I just feel like I'm kind of traveling light. I mean, I immediately started saving, like, I don't know how much money, like $500 a month. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. And um, you know, I also see clients from a distance. So I do my distance work from home. I don't need to do it at my office mm-hmm. and it just it I cannot believe how it, it just opened up m- my life um so yeah I'm sort of curious to see what would happen and um what's happened is I'm more relaxed I have way more energy I have just as many clients as I did before people love it yeah nice Shannon yeah that's great yeah it's nice just to have a change just in general, no matter what it is, and to try something new, mm-hmm. see how it works. And yeah, sounds like it's going really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess maybe for me, what I noticed that is I didn't, I didn't agonize over the decisions. Mm. Like it didn't take me three months. I just, I did it in like 48 hours. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, uh, it's kind of, um, the curiosity part, asking yourself the question, like, what if I like this? What if it works? What if this is going to be great? Right. <laughs> what if I'm not available during the day, during the week to see people in person? What yeah. will happen? Yeah. Yeah. If they come when I'm available or they find someone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think what I, what I have kind of figured out for me with a practice is that 
everything about my practice has to work for me first. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't, I don't think about what do clients want? Yeah. I really don't. I mean, it's not that I don't care about what they want. I do, <laughs> but I, but as far as like my structuring of my practice, I, I have to make it work for me. Yeah. If it doesn't work for me, then it's not sustainable. Right. And I'm not bringing my best to those interactions anyway. Right. Yeah. So if you're, if, if the focus is what do they want? What do they, how can I meet their needs? You end up creating a practice that you hate. Um, That's right. Right. And, and so by focusing on what you want to, you create a practice that you love and you attract the clients that are going to love it. Right. And it's going to work for them. And it is what they want. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, there've been a few people that were that are challenged by the way I've changed things, but um, but I can't be all things to all people, and you know, I just have to do things the way they make the most sense for me. Yeah. 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 Awesome. After twenty years, right? It's like oh. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> I can yes. make it. Yeah. Work. And, and I, ha- you know, I've always tr- sort of tried to do that, but uh, I've never, I, I don't, I think I haven't kind of had this radical departure from, you know, so like this, this, yeah, this last office that I had, I mean, it was beautiful. It was a lovely place, but I was kind of, av- in a way, like available kind of all the time, mm. not really all the time, but kind of all the time for clients. And, it was just too much. It's yeah. too much driving or I'd drive all the way up there to see one person. It wasn't a good, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good use of my time and energy. Yeah. So now it's much more compact and, and uh, it's, it's working better. That's totally what I recommend to people is to, instead of being available any day, all the time, whenever someone wants a session is to make a really clear decision for yourself. What mm-hmm. is your availability? for sessions. Um, yes. And when you have, when you have that clear picture in your calendar, in your planner, um, mm-hmm. those spots get filled up. They do. That's another little trick that I have, have done, uh, for a long time is I, I put it in my calendar. I put these blocks, these colored blocks of when I'm, when I'm going to be seeing clients. And so visually I see it all the time and yeah, they get filled up. Yeah. So yeah, you set the container and the container gets filled. Yeah. So I switched switched my hours and and switched my office and and all of that and, and within uh, I'd say within two or three weeks I had stabilized and was um I was full. So amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Okay. Um, earlier uh, before we started recording, you had mentioned something around fees uh, mm-hmm. for your clients. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is another kind of, I guess, uh, insight that I had, you know, kind of recently about about fees. And I know that fees can be money's kind of a touchy, you know, subject. It can be challenging for people to to talk about. And um, you know, I, I think the I think the realization that I had about fees and how to set them, like. I see stuff in other places, other kinds of 
I don't know, coaching or, or advice or whatever about, about setting fees and, and people saying, well, you need to charge what you're worth and, and, and all of that. I do, I do very much understand. Um, but I, I, I guess the, the, the thought that I had was, I mean, I, invested a lot <laughs> into getting myself to this whoever I am now you know yeah. like you know a master's degree and 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 uh, just even just like paying for the supervision to get the license and and all the energy work training that I did before I even got to biofield tuning mm -hmm. oh my gosh mm -hmm. and I mean a lot and my own personal work deep personal work right you're talking decades now what is that like so how would i even begin to talk about like what i'm worth if i'm kind of looking at it like that yeah so what i really figured out was that for me the work that i do it wouldn't it doesn't really matter everything that i've done it's for some people that work that i do it's not for them so it's worthless to them Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. for other people the work that i do is priceless mm -hmm. there's no price you can put on it mm -hmm. so this idea of like me trying to figure out my worth or what am i worth or none of that that i don't that doesn't work for me so what i try to think about is more like what what works for me like number one what feels like an exchange where i'm happy to show up happy to bring my best you yeah. know yeah and it's like this um very kind of um generous opportunity it's like i'm being very generous with them they're being very generous with me so it's like a spirit of generosity yeah and that's a number that i can come up with and i can feel it in my body i can feel like oh it's this number you know <laughs> it's this much yeah that feels like that generous exchange to me. Um, you know, and then the other way I think of it too is how many clients can I see per week? Yeah. And there's a, there's a number, you know? Yep. And then what do I need to make per session so that I make what I need to live, to yep. pay my bills and, you know. And I, to keep I also doing the work. And keep doing the work. Yeah, because honestly, if we don't have enough to pay the bills, we're not going to be doing the work. Mm -mm. We're going to mm -mm. be trying to go find something else that's going to right. pay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I think of it like that. And I don't think of, and I, I certainly have in the past, you know, gotten in that trap of like thinking like, oh, um, well, what can people pay? I'll just never think of it like that because mm -hmm. it's just, it's, I don't know what people can pay. Yeah. 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 None of my business. True. I've heard a coach say before, stay out of other people's wallets. Yes, for sure. <laughs> you don't for know. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've recently raised my fees for, for 2024 and, um, and I kind of hate to do it. But I know it's the right thing because I'm following this principle that really makes sense to me, which yeah. is this sort of principle of generosity. And if I, I know that if I don't charge enough, it's very easy for me to start to get this little tiny resentment. Mm -hmm. 
and it's like a it's like a it's like a little piece of sand in your eye kind of you know yeah yeah it'll yeah. start to really bother you you're like oh it's just a little piece of sand or whatever but yep. over time you know it starts to really and i i don't want that i like i really want to just feel like really kind of like joyous to show up and work not um not not having this thing in the back of my mind of like well it does, it's not really enough but okay or it just it's just it's better for everybody you know absolutely if I, if I have that joyous kind of gratitude sort of feeling yeah yes absolutely and and i can understand the um the desire to do that and at the same time like you said kind of hating to do it because i think anytime we raise our prices some people are naturally going to fall away. You can't right. really avoid that. Um, right. It's not a reason to not raise your rates though. Um, but you're going to bring along the people who will pay the rate and you're going to bring in new people. Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and, and just keep, and, and like you said, be able to stay in business. Yeah. That yeah. is the truth of it. If I'm, if I'm not earning enough, then it's going to make it very hard for me to stay in business and and the the work that that we do in biofield tuning is um i mean it's not just that one hour you know i mean i have to feed myself and water myself and rest and get my own tunings and you know um uh, get myself in a in the proper sort of frame of mind and i mean you know absolutely it's just that hour um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to, uh, point out, especially for new practitioners is that, um, just what you said, it's not just that hour that you show up. I mean, there is, there is some pretty radical self-care we need to do as practitioners, um, in order to, to do the work that matters. Um, and that mm -hmm. takes time that takes time and it, it takes investing too. We have to invest in our own health, whether it's food right. or, you know, our own body work or energy work. Yeah. Yes. And time off and time, time to off, rest. Yeah. And yeah. Time off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like the great thing about being an entrepreneur in this way is that you can take time off anytime you want. You don't have to ask your boss. And the downside is that you don't get paid for your time off. <laughs> There's no paid sick time. So yeah. No paid vacation. But anyway, I love, love working for myself. I just love it. And I just wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. yeah I mean, you must love it. You've been doing it for almost 20 I years. <laughs> I have. I have. I've been doing it a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I, uh, just for those listening, you know, to, to, um, take into consideration for the time off is when you're, creating like a financial goal for the year instead of, um, well, okay. How do I put this succinctly? So pick a number that you want to make, um, mm -hmm. for the year. And then instead of to figure that out weekly, how much you would need to make weekly, instead of dividing that big number by 52 weeks, divide it by 46 weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, that gives you six weeks of vacation <laughs> that's right yeah that's right i know that's like it's like oh wow <laughs> but that's exactly right yeah yeah 
I like that. Nice, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's just different ways that, you know, like Shannon said, we don't get paid uh, for time off, but there's ways that we can ensure that we're taken care of as entrepreneurs, that we take care Mm -hmm. of ourselves. That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, I, I just would encourage people if they think they might want to, you know, <clears throat> be, be an entrepreneur, be a startup, start a practice. I, I just really want to encourage people to just get started, even if it's just a few hours a week, you know, because it can grow. And, and I think, you know, almost every <clears throat> practitioner that I know who, you know, is, is an, is, is working, doing, let's say biofield tuning or anything, you know, talk therapy or coaching or whatever. I mean, almost all of us had to make that leap from working for someone else to working for ourselves. Um, at some point Mm -hmm. there was some jumping off place. Like when I got out of grad school, I started receiving supervision, working toward my licensure. I had a full-time job. Uh, working for an employee assistance program, doing Mm -hmm. counseling, and then was seeing two or three clients a week, you know, on the weekends or after hours. Um, So I just started from the beginning, you know, with a, with a kind of a mindset of I'm working toward having a full-time private practice, but it took me, I don't know how many years. I don't remember. Yeah. Pretty many years before I was really full time private yeah. practice. Yeah, right? yeah. So I did a li- I did both, um, for yeah, I don't know, ten years, probably. Yeah, ten years. Um. So yeah. So don't think that you know. Don't think that you can't do it. You can. Yeah, I'm yeah. really glad that you brought that up because I think so often our brains go to all or nothing. And so if we're want, if you're wanting to start a practice and you're thinking, oh, well, how am I ever going to have a full-time practice when I have this job or whatever, just do what Shannon's saying and just start somewhere. Just start job. somewhere. Yeah. Just start somewhere. And then like there for, I think the last, for, I don't know, for maybe the, the last five or more years, you know, at some point I was I had a gig that was like a halftime gig, right? So I had a halftime job job working for someone else doing counseling. And that opened up more time for me to build, you know, clients and a private practice. And then at some point I was able to sort of let go of that halftime job and just step into full-time practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of one brick at a time, you know, one piece at a time. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So with all of your experience with energy work and sound healing, do you have any um, tips and tricks for the listener? Something that's really helped you in your journey? With, uh, with uh, regarding, hmm. I guess with, with life, with stress, with emotions, um, is there anything you give any homework you ever give your clients, uh, when they're navigating certain challenges. Oh, hmm. um, well, I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, just sort of one of the big, the big thing is um, um, trying to have a little objectivity. So 
being able to step outside yourself a little bit and just observe yourself, mm. right? Um, rather than be inside yourself, emotions are flowing, thoughts are flowing, and we're thinking, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's been really helpful to me, and I try to convey it to other people, that it's like, no, that's not who I am. <laughs> um, I, but I, I'm, I'm just experiencing emotions flowing and thoughts. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. That's not, who I, that's not who I am. So if I can stand outside of that and observe it, then I can make decisions, you know, like I can, I can say, oh, look at me, I'm very, I'm very wound up, <laughs> you know, I need to calm down or whatever. Or I can say, oh, look, there's a lot of sadness moving through me, right? Like I, I had a day like that yesterday where I cried like two or three times, um, just briefly, you know, through the day. <laughs> and, and I was also observing. I was like, oh, look at you crying today, like, what's going on, you know? Um, And I remember talking with a friend last night and telling my friend that I had cried several times and they were like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally fine. It's just sadness moving through me. Does that make sense? So yeah, just not identifying with it, just observing. I think that's really helpful and really watching our self-talk and our language. So when I say, I am mad, I am sad, I just think that's terrible mm-hmm. that our language is English is constructed that way. And I think it can be really helpful to, to say I'm feeling sadness or sadness is moving through me. Mm-hmm. That's so different than saying I am. So I really watch the I am's, you know, I am this, I am that. Yeah. I, I think it can be very, very helpful in cultivating the ability to just observe just observe without attaching yeah and when you do that you're less likely to react in a non-beneficial way i think it is when we're in our emotions and we're believing that we are what we're experiencing that's when we engage in the behavior that we kind of take a step back from maybe a little bit later and go, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done that. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Or, or even just feeling stuck. Like you just kind of, you get into this place of stuckness because it's, it's, it feels impossible to move out of the emotion. So when you take that step back and do what you're saying and just tell yourself that this is, this is what I'm experiencing right now. Right. And not, not, have it be your identity and not even necessarily have to make meaning from it. Yeah. So I know from a, from like a, the psychotherapy, you know, background, there can be a tendency to sort of try to analyze, you know, well, why am I feeling this way? Where is this coming from? You know, that kind of thing. And um, I don't really do that anymore, mm-hmm. um, which is great. So I don't need to know. I'm just like, Oh, sadness is moving through me. I am curious about it. And sometimes you can locate it. You go, oh, I think it's because that person told me this story this morning and it made me remember a time in my life, you know, when I had that going on. And so now sadness is, it's like little strings of sadness got plucked. Yeah. So it doesn't mean 
you know, I'm, it's okay. Like it doesn't uh, mean there's anything wrong. It can be you know? beautiful and it can be healing instead yeah. of some yeah. hole yeah. you're going down. <laughs> yes. I'm a, hu I'm a human being and we're built this way. Yeah. Yeah. We're built to feel. Yeah. It's just the that's, way it is. Yeah. That's <laughs> beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think yeah. that's really helpful and something that the listeners can, you know, you guys can take with you right now and even just check in with your body right now what emotion is moving through you in this moment mm -hmm. and take note and let it be mm -hmm. um for the listeners who might be interested in exploring some of what you do shannon uh what would you like to share with them about my um about my practice yeah or like um how to get in contact and yeah. yeah, so you can you can reach out to me uh, uh, via email if you go to my website, tunemybiofield.com. Um, my email address is there. My phone number is there. Um, texting me is the fastest way to reach me. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm I'm seeing people after hours and on Sundays these days, and uh, and then also doing a lot of distance work. So yeah, I work with people uh, from a distance all the time, all over the world. And I just, I love working, doing the distance work. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to share that we haven't covered? Uh, any insights or advice for those who might be considering starting their own practice, being a practitioner? Mm -hmm. I just think, yeah, I think, I just think be brave, you know? I do. I think, I think just, you know, you're, you're worth it. If you have a desire, I, I think you should follow it. I really do. I, I, um, you know, I, somebody just recently, you know, said to me like, gosh, you know, you, that's really impressive, you know, that you've got this private practice, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business lady or whatever. And I was like, is it? And I was thinking about it. I was like, it's not really, I, it's actually, I think it's just kind of in some ways sort of selfish. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm here on the planet. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. I I'm love just it. Do what I want to do, you know, and it'll all work out somehow. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's, that's been my attitude of like, I'm going to follow my inclination. I'm going to study what I want to study. I'm going to learn what I want to learn. And I'm going to have faith and it hasn't always been easy. Mm -hmm. It's really easy right now, but the journey, I mean, it has been, you know, yeah. I've had doubts and all of that. I wish I hadn't spent so much time doubting, mm -hmm. honestly, mm -hmm. but I, but I think it's, yeah, I think I just, I have, um, I have just gone for what I wanted, what I was interested in and just had faith that somehow it would all coalesce into something that made sense. And, uh, and, and so I would just encourage anybody to, to follow their own inclination as, as best they can. There's always constraints. Yeah. There's never a good time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? There's never a good time to go back to school or, or go take a training or, you know, take a leap for there's just. You just have to, you just have to decide okay. that it's the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I love that advice and 
um, I think you're right. It, you know, just follow your own inclinations. And if you're finding yourself having resistance around that, maybe it's recorded in your birth story and Shannon can work with you. Maybe so. <laughs> well, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you had like a really slow birth process and I don't know, maybe you thought like, this is, I'll never be able to do this. You know, who knows? Yeah. All kinds of beliefs get formed. Totally. Stay totally. curious about what comes up when you think I'm going to have a practice. I'm going to have my own practice and then just say it and then notice, you know, what's, what's happening in here. Yeah. Breathe and ground and, and keep going. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shannon. This is wonderful. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. You shared so much with us. And uh, I'm I'm certain that um, there's going to be some listeners out there that some, you know, bell just went off and they're going to start moving in the direction they want to. So thanks for the so. inspiration. Yeah, I hope so. Awesome. All right, everybody. We will catch you in the next episode. Thanks again, Shannon. You're welcome. Thank you. Are you a wellness practitioner that wants to grow your business, but you're feeling confused, overwhelmed, maybe even doubtful? Well, let's get you out of that emotional rut and turn those emotions into the fuel that will grow your business. Get the Harness Your Emotional Awareness to Grow Your Business free roadmap at JillianFaldmo.com. Thank you.